Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello and welcome to the Glovers cast, back as a trio for the first time in a couple of weeks. It's myself, Ian, joined by David Coates. Good evening. And Ben Barrett is here too. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day, good night. Hello to you at whatever time of day you're listening. I think Correct. it's the crux All of that. All inclusive. All inclusive. <laughs> How are we doing? Are we okay? Not three bad. Yeah. We've we've got a tremendous victory and not much else to talk about. I don't think have we? So beautiful. Yeah. We'll just focus. Yeah. We'll do the, the the we'll do the Ben Barrett thing. We'll focus on the football. Yep. Just talk about the beautiful football, and just 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 tell me and how. I, I, I don't understand it. I, I, the, I've got Stockport fans messaging me thinking that I've like pulled the wool over their eyes, having gone on their <laughs> podcast last week and said to them, look, listen, I've watched us these last two games over Easter and I just can't see. We're just going to, we're going to get steamrolled. Uh, how? How? I just don't understand. What happened to that team that we were bemoaning at Weymouth? <laughs> Explain it to me. <laughs> I wish I could. Um, I sort of I said before the game, I said, you know, it's lined up that we should get hammered today. But the way our season's been, it wouldn't surprise me if we nicked a result here. And <laughs> it felt like that first half Stockport were just banging on the door for the entirety of the half. And Grant Smith had a couple of decent saves to make. 
they look like they were a team that's so used to just passing it a million times and then creating the best possible opening to score. And it did. I, I said it on commentary. It felt like they. It's that classic problem with Stockport is they try to walk it in the net, um, and they they couldn't do it. And then I, I, all we needed to do was catch a break with Tom Knowles or Josh Neufeld, and you know nick a goal. And I think if as Stockport seem to be a team that are very used to having things their own way and being in front and you know steamrolling all the teams in front of them, when we got that goal. Uh, that really caught him. And Tom Knowles, I don't know if you've seen the goal, but a, a brilliant little bit of skill. Typical Tom Knowles turning the fullback inside out and um, a really good finish as well. Like It was a bit of a tricky angle. And I know sometimes when he gets it on his left foot, it's often a case of smash it as hard as he can, but like curled it into the far corner. And that sort of silenced the Stockport fans who were very vocal from, you know, before kickoff. There, there was only one... Uh, one set of supporters who were pretty vocal, mostly for the most part, um, and that was Stockport. And then the second half, um, Dave Challenger made a couple of changes, bringing on our old friend Miles Hippolyte. And you know, within I think what minute did we score in the fifty-fifth minute? Was it? Yeah, fifty-fifth. Yeah. Um, and it almost like it felt like it took the two players. It was Crankshaw and Hippolyte who came on. It felt like it took them a bit of time to get in the game and they changed their shape slightly and it didn't, they didn't seem to have the rhythm that they had in the first half and we managed to catch them again and a great finish from Nerfield as well to like such composure. It was like watching prime Thierry Henry, like he sits a keeper down on and going one way and puts it in the far corner and it was a real great moment and just, it felt, you know, at 2-0, Challoner makes another change then, changes shape again to try and figure out how to break the side up. And of course, Hippolyte gets that that goal and the madness of the Stockport County fan, whoever it was, threw that flare onto the pitch. All the Stockport players have picked up the ball. They've all run back to the halfway line and they're ready to, you know, really ready to crack on and get a second goal. And that just totally took any momentum out of the game. This flare, you know, it took a minute or so for it to, well, it felt like a minute for it to like extinguish itself before the steward could get over there and pick it up off the pitch. And, you know, two minutes later, that ridiculous red card, <laughs> unbelievable. And I think that was the moment where it felt like they're in trouble here, Stockport, that the way they reacted to that. And I, I you know, you, you will struggle to see a more blatant, you know, dangerous play offence that should be a red card. Um, and the, the the appeals on their side of things, it was like, oh, this is a team that does not like losing and is not used to losing and are now very riled up. So then, you know, the changes again had to change shape again and they just couldn't break us down at all. Um, it was, you know, <laughs> I know this is Charlie Lee, but it was a typical Darren Sale, Darren Sale performance from the first part of the season where we frustrated our opponents and took our chances when they came. Yeah, I will just say, if anyone wants to go on our match report on the Glover's Cast website, there's a picture that Mike Guns has sent us of that tackle by Will Collar, and his knee is literally above Dale Gorman's 
uh, shoulder. So <laughs> anyone who claims it, I heard the Stockport fans booing on the commentary about it, but it, he nearly decapitated him. It was that kind of tackle, wasn't it? It was crazy. Yeah, and I know Gorman's got a bit of a yeah, got a bit of that about him where he goes down easily, but the guy's foot was like yeah, so high in the air, and Dale Gorman was jumping as well. So it was. It was, you know, it was like a Cantonar kung fu kick. It was, it was so dangerous and reckless, and just, you know, to do it just after they've scored that that goal was just catastrophic for them. Pretty good to do six points against the league leaders throughout this season. You'd be very happy with that if you'd have offered it to them. <laughs> yes, yes, and I think it's a good, important win for Charlie Lee as well. I think. You know, after those last two games, which haven't been great, um, to actually get a result and, and get the players performing. He, he changed the shape, so it wasn't the 4-4-2 like we saw at Weymouth. I think he probably realised after Weymouth and Aldershot that that system didn't suit him well. So he reverted to a midfield three, and that I think that suits it suits Lawson Diath and probably Del Gorman too as well. Um, it felt like they they play much better when they're part of a three. Uh, than a two and it just allowed us to frustrate Stockport even more really amazing what um, a bit of a change in uh, sort of one win does because we were all feeling not particularly amazing about Aldershot and Weymouth and even Kings Lynn and Barnet before that but that win means I can say things like we've won defeat in seven it sounds like that's really good <laughs> yeah. actually we were quite you know unhappy about Weymouth, about Aldershot, Kingsland and Barnet, but you start thinking about one defeat in seven, which includes a change of manager in there and, and a, an almighty upheaval, you'd probably take that given where we were and the, the fact that the season was probably over by the time Dover, Bromley and Southend had come and gone. So it's a decent little vein of form. Yeah, and I think, you know, when we sort of, <laughs> when we admitted that our season was over and accepted that, we talked about just spoiling other teams' seasons. And I think, you know, Stockport came like this was, they were on the march on Saturday. The, the, the way their supporters were, um, you know, right. In fairness to them, they were the on the march, weren't they? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Were... Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if that gives them another, I mean, at the end of the day, it didn't make much of a difference, did it? Because all the no. top three lost. So, um, but, you know, I expect they were a bit panicky come. Five o'clock for Woking and Wrexham kicked off. Yeah, nobody wants to win the league, do they? Wrexham don't fancy it either after slipping up against Woking. Halifax didn't fancy it either. So, yeah, nobody wants to win the league. They all want to go through the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, I know we beat them. And I, I, just they carried Stockport, carried, them, carried themselves like a football league club, really, the way they... They seemed very well drilled. The way they were warming up, you know, the number of staff they had around as well. There was a proper, what I would describe a proper setup as a football club. And you know, when they when they bring a thousand fans from Greater Manchester down to Somerset for a game, you know, you're on the up, don't you? Yeah, I would. Plus, say they that... got Paddy Madden and Scott Quigley up front. So, <laughs> yeah, and players like Hippolyte to bring off the bench. And Courtney Duffers, yeah. who can't get in the squad. Yeah. yeah, I was impressed with Crankshaw. He was the only one who came. He was he was the one who came on and made any real difference. He gave Morgan Williams a really hard time, um, but 
yeah, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. Charlie Lee was very complimentary about Hippolyte, wasn't he? Afterwards. Did he impress you? Um, yeah, I thought he did okay. He, he, had a, he, he came on, he took him a little bit of time to get into it. There was a couple of loose passes and, you know, he could have set up a, a goal um, before he scored his. He had sort of it broke free to him to put a cross in the box and he just hit it too hard, really, and it went straight to Grant Smith, but he had options. Um, yeah, I thought he did okay. He, he put himself about, but there was a nice little duel between him and Tom Knowles at points, and Tom Knowles got, you know, a good six out of seven on the shithousery um, yeah. <laughs> scale as well. We're not supposed yeah. to be swearing. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I've, yeah, yeah. Sorry, dead. Debs' is child. Yeah, yeah, I went. Apologize. I'm yeah, very I, sorry. I got a uh, I got a message from Russ, the Stockport fan we spoke to, and he said your number eleven, Tom Knowles, was decent too. <laughs> Top shit owlsery and knew how to play the game to get the edge once you got the lead. Frustrating from our perspective, but superb from a pure association football perspective. <laughs> so there's a compliment <laughs> in there somewhere, I think. So yeah, I but he, he he said he said that he thought. We did, we did what we needed to and deserved to win the game. So, yeah, there were lots of those little hands on the back moment as you're running back to your own corner flag, yeah, earning earning the free kicks and um the the Stockport right wing back Mimahan, yeah, um he he was getting very frustrated at Jordan Barnett and Josh Neufill around him winding him up through the afternoon. He was a Angry little bold man. It was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch the highlights and you watch uh, Tom Knowles' goal, he literally, his head explodes as Tom Knowles rolls <laughs> yeah. away. Just screams and like thumps the ground with his hands. It's, um, yeah, it's quite, quite funny. But yeah, I will just say for anyone who thinks the Stockport have given up, if you were in Cooper's Mill on Saturday night, I understand that there are a significant number of Stockport County fans who stopped over for the weekend and were in there for the Tyson Fury fight. They haven't given up. <laughs> As uh, Elliot Watts told me that when the second KO came in, in the fight, uh, we're on our way, was ringing around uh, the Cooper's Mill. So um, I think they're yeah, still pretty pretty certain where they're, where they're headed, which I think we, they probably are. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I would think so. I want to well, ask about a couple of, um, a couple of um, players that I thought had well, were worthy of mentions. Uh, firstly, Jordan Barnett. I'm not going to lie, an 11th minute yellow card for Jordan Barnett. Heart was in mouth. And apparently, by all accounts, he seems to have conducted himself quite nicely there in a not necessarily the easiest situation with some poop housery on the go. How did he, um, yeah, how did he settle down after that early yellow card? Yes, I thought the same when he got that yellow card. I, I, I did say probably one of the last players on this pitch you want on a yellow card for. The majority of the game is Jordan Barnett, but he held himself quite well. I think probably the way we set up, he had he had Neufeld near him to sort of protect him from those situations and having another centre midfielder around him as well um, probably prevented him getting too caught out. And I think in the first half as well, a lot of Stockport's play went down our left, uh, our right-hand side. So Barnett was very much on the other side of things um not really having to be put in those situations where he was having to make tackles or get himself 
in trouble. But yeah, he did. He carried himself really well. It's probably the best game he's had for a while. I think he's certainly a player who's struggled for form since he's come back into the come back into the team. But yeah, it, it feels like he is a centre midfielder now, <laughs> rather than a left back or a striker. Ben, I'm sorry. For now. <laughs> Um, the other one I was going to mention is Max Hunt because it appears he got man of the match and apparently slotted back in as if he'd been there the whole time. What about his performance? How did he do? It's sensational. Oh, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, just a performance, you know, you wouldn't have thought he'd been injured and had his, you know, been out on crutches for however long. The way he played he just seems so calm for, for a young player to play with the calmness that he plays with when he's got Scott Quigley and Paddy Madden running across him and all the other Stockport players just the way they they played in that first half it was almost like a front five all of them swapping all over the place um yeah and he I, I thought in the first half I thought it was you know Stockport's game for the taking but we held on and then in the second half, they just couldn't get a sniff out of him. Every header he won, every tackle he won, every block he, he was there to to block everything. He just had a, a, a brilliant game and it sort of topped it off when he the, the ball came to him on the halfway line and the way the way his momentum was going, it looked like he was about to boot the ball back to Grant Smith and just does a lovely little Cruyff turn on the halfway line, sells their striker, the dummy, and turns around and goes the other way. Like, yeah, brilliant, brilliant performance from Max Hunt. And uh, I did say um, Stockport could take Ben Barkley back on the coach with them if they wanted. Now we've got Max Hunt back because he, <laughs> we we didn't miss him. I know, you know, that was tongue in cheek. I would like to keep Ben Barkley for the rest of the season. But yeah, Max Hunt, Max Hunt showed why he should be top of the list of new contracts or near the top of the list of newly offered contracts for players. Well, it's funny you say that because I, that leads me on to sort of two follow-up questions. Two, the first one being who plays at Halifax, assuming Luke Wilkinson's nailed on to start as captain, who plays alongside him? I don't see how you can drop Max Hunt after that. Well, what's Ben Barkley done wrong? It wasn't his fault. He wasn't out of form. He wasn't injured. He just couldn't play in that particular game. If it was any other opponent, Ben Barkley <laughs> probably would have played. Yeah, know, breaks. But, yeah, he's... Yes, Ben Barkley's done nothing. Ben Barkley's done nothing wrong, but Max Hunt has done everything right, and he's our player. I think you know if you are if you are going to give him a contract, which one would hope you absolutely are. Don't drop him the game after he's had an absolute worldie, um, and for a player who's not your contracted player. Yeah, I couldn't believe he's been out for three and a half months. His no, last game was the 11th of January, that game at South End. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. He's been quite, he has been quite present though. And that's, you know, that's the trend with our yeah. players, isn't it? When they get injured, you see them. Like he's been on the, you know, helping with the warm ups and stuff before games and he, and is always around. So it's, it, it's, it doesn't, it surprises you when you realize how long he's not played for, but then. You see them around all the time. The same with Staunton, you know. Staunton could have been out for ages now, but you wouldn't know about it because he's been assistant manager up until our new injured assistant manager arrived this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Came with an injury. That's good. He's fitting in. 
Yeah. I said I said I said before the game, I said, who's that on the crutches? Yeah. Yeah. And Sheridan said, This is a new assistant manager. I was like, I couldn't make it up, could you? I said, How much help is he gonna be? I mean Charlie Lee did say, didn't he, after he's not gonna be doing he's not doing much kicking on the training. Not doing much ground, kicking, there, there was a couple of points like he was on crutches for the start of the game. And then as the game wore on, he, the crutches were on the side and he was literally just hopping up and down the line and hopping to Charlie Lee to talk to him and stuff. Like it was it was so yeovil. Absolute peak yeovil. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Strange, isn't it? Okay. Can't even get a fully fit assistant manager. Well the, well, the previous assistant manager is also only assistant manager because he's injured. Yeah. <laughs> so from one injured maybe they, that's what they've told him that you have to be injured to be that's the prerequisite of the job yeah he's less injured than Josh Staunton so he yeah. he's, he's <laughs> so he, yeah he gets it <laughs> oh dear I think it I think it is I think it just goes to show that you know moving Josh Staunton away from the assistant manager role and we've got a win um just goes to show the impact Josh has had on the sideline it's not going to work, is it? It's not going to work. You can try and make me bite. Say, yeah, I can see um, a bait being dangled in. I was, I was, I was going to ask a sensible football question. Um, we only made, we only made two subs. Are you surprised that Robinson didn't come on when we were defending the Alamo at the end there? No. Okay, good, brilliant. Thanks. Good <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he's been I injured think for a long time as well. Hasn't I, he? I think. Can't take Morgan Williams out, um, and I think when you're defending like that, to then bring someone in and then try and get up to speed with the game when you are very much backs to the wall, even though you're against ten men, I think that would have been a difficult one for Jack Robinson to come into. And, and can we have a shout out for Alex Bradley for not getting booked when he came on? Oh yeah, he was on for five whole minutes. That's yeah. more than enough, isn't it? Yeah. Seven minutes of injury time as well, weren't there? So there was. Him twelve minutes on the pitch. Yeah, thanks to the thanks to the flare, thanks to yeah. the decapitation of Dale Gorman. Um I think Tom Knowles had a couple of sit downs at points as well. He loves it. He, lo- he does like a sit down, does Tom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a good game of football, a good result. And that was everything that went on in the stadium, was there? You didn't see anything else, anyone else. There wasn't any, uh, like, linen on show at all. <laughs> Spray-painted linen. Yeah, there were a few bed sheets that had have been snuck out yeah. of. Am I right in cupboards? saying one of them had a typo on it? That the name Priestnell okay. was spelt E-I rather than I-E. That's what I was, that's what I heard. I don't know. Okay. Were you not? Were you not? Were you not checking the grammar on some of these bedsheets? I'm afraid I wasn't. No. Oh, okay. Um, I'm afraid I did not check the grammar. I've got a few pictures. Let me just see. Okay. So the bedsheets were there. Scott Priestnell was there, as far as we're aware. His first time at a match since the Bournemouth game back in in January, um, and. Yeah, I can't remember when his time was before then, but earlier on in the season as well. Um, did you did you you see him? People saw him, obviously, because I saw videos of him on uh, on Facebook. I could see him from my vantage point of the yeah the, the press box. Yeah, 
Yeah. So he was yeah. there. Was there was there a lot? Obviously, the, the Glover's Trust had asked people to peacefully but noisily protest or make their feelings known about him. Did 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 any of that happen or did the game of football get in the way? The game of football got in the way until we scored. Right. And then af- after we scored, I think it was almost like we were waiting for us to get go 1-0 down. It, it felt like oh, nothing's happened here, actually, for us to get annoyed about. Um, and then when we scored, I think people just, some, a chant just started, right. which was, you know, there was lots of clapping around me in the screw fix stand and lots of clapping in the main stand. And certainly I would say it was more joined in with than before, perhaps due to the attendance of Mr. Priestnell. But yeah, there was, there was, uh, there was some vocalness there, but the, I, it was a perfect day for him because the football was very good. The result was very good and everyone was very happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, if we get results like that, maybe he should have come more often. Could we? We could have, been, we could have had it sewn up by now, couldn't we? If he'd well, yeah. brought that He's form. Been, he has been watching. Yes, yeah. Now that was that was the bizarre thing as well, wasn't it? And he's so he did a pre-match, um, what do we call it? Audience with uh, in the Alex Stock Lounge with a group of people. Don't think it was advertised or didn't seem to be advertised, but a group of people did turn up in the Alex Stock Lounge. You obviously were wandering past or or had been invited in some shape, way, or form. And he spoke about various matters. We're told that a, a video will appear at some point um, in the next few days. But we know that he spoke about, um, well, he kind of spoke about the Somerset County Council deal. He spoke about a takeover by uh, a deal that was facilitated through the Glover's Trust, which it didn't mention the name Simul Sports, but I think everybody can put two and two together on that one. And um, and he spoke about the sort of situation on and off the pitch. He spoke about season tickets and said how he was looking to um, appoint a new manager and and players and so forth as well. But yeah, the very strange thing that he also said was he had quote, a little camera <laughs> with which you watch game, which I can only assume he must mean the camera that did the the, the, the live stream. Lockdown games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would guess so. He hasn't got like a little secret camera hidden away somewhere in the... Uh... Yeah, because those cameras are, that, that camera is still up there. Yeah. Hang, hanging down from the main stand. So Okay, right. So it's still there. I would guess that that's... How, how do we hack into this, Ben, this camera? How, have you got any uh, any means? Uh, why do you think I'm some sort of international supercomputer? Well, look hacker? at you, man. Of course you are. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Bourne, I am not. Oh. So, yeah. Sorry. I, Jason I don't Bourne isn't. You haven't watched many Bourne films, have you, Ben? I, I, don't, I don't watch movies. He <laughs> not, was the really, first... not really a hacker, is he? <laughs> he was the first name that popped into my head. More, more someone know. that will kill you with his bare hands. Okay. So Ben may be more Jason Bourne than he thinks he is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, he's got amnesia. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so yeah. So he's, he watches the games. So maybe, maybe his influence wouldn't have done quite so much but um 
obviously we are going to be speaking with uh, with the chairman in our next edition but so i don't know whether we're, we're taking an exclusive away from ourselves by saying uh, some things because he, he said some things before the game so oh, go on i'll say him. he said that uh, <laughs> that the uh, the simul sports well we'll, we'll assume it's simul sports because i'm not aware that the glovers trust has facilitated any other um takeover offers um had been in touch with him had spoken to him he, he he accepted a deal from them he said um i did not negotiate i did not hold out they never put any money on the table and that is the truth so there's never been a deal in place to sign it's just been ongoing discussions and that goes for any takeover you've heard about nobody has put any money on the table to buy the football club so that was what Scott Breeson said before the game on on uh, on Saturday, and then he followed that up with a with a statement where he again spoke about the fact that um, well he reiterated some of the points that he had made before the game in a statement that he put out on Sunday lunchtime on the some South Somerset County uh, District Council deal. He said that he couldn't say anything about it more than it remains an option. Um, we understand that there is that deal is progressing, but he said he couldn't talk about it because of Perda, which I slightly question because uh, he's not a council official or a councillor or anything to do with a council. Right? See, and um, I've, I have contacted the local government association to check with them whether it applies to people outside of local authorities, and um, oh, I'll let you know about that one on Friday, but um. Uh, yeah, the, the conversations I've had with people in the council, yes. um, I don't think it applies to people externally, only those who are hoping to be elected. And yeah, yeah so that was, like, you know, I don't think council I officers can they out officers or chief executives or anything no. related are allowed to make those kind of statements either. Or Obviously, I, I did some digging last week and had a few conversations and yeah, found out that things are being worked on. Um, so if you don't agree with, if you don't agree with the deal, we'll want the deal to, or, or want someone to talk about the deal again and find out what it means. Because obviously this, this deal was on the table 18 months ago when we were in the middle of lockdown with no supporters in the ground and was going to be a lifeline for the club. Um, obviously 18 months down the line, Supporters are in the ground. There is that income, um, you know, and with the, I don't know, with the right, what's the word I'm looking for, with the right offering at a match day, perhaps the revenues would be higher than they are. Um, also, there wasn't the, the, the loan from Sport England. None of that had been sorted out at this point as well. And, of course, we've taken on nearly a million pounds worth of loans from Sport England. So I think at the time this deal was probably could have been a good thing too many questions at the time and it felt like it was being rushed through now we're in a position that's very different from what it was like when the deal was proposed and i don't know my my perception is that it's being rushed through on the quiet perhaps yeah well there's certainly not going to be any scrutiny if the if the council isn't going to be able to talk about it is it um even at an election time and uh the glovers trust have put out a 
launched a petition which they're asking people to sign. You can find it on change.org or on the Glover's Trust website, or there's an article about it on our website. Um, so you can read that and see what they have to say and see if you want to want to sign. But um, yeah, and, and I suppose since since the last time we spoke, Glenn Collis has gone as well, hasn't he? But he was sat just in front of you on Saturday, I understand. Oh, he was at the, in the front row of the screw fix stand. Right. Making him... Hope he had this suntan oil on. It was... Yeah. <laughs> appeared to be making himself rather visible and mingling with supporters pre-match um, and mingling with supporters after the match as well, I'm told, uh, as, as they made their feelings and their voices heard outside of the main entrance. Yeah. It was interesting to hear his... Um, well, he posted on his LinkedIn profile, didn't he? Every pop us you know. Facebook. It's not just Morgan Williams's dog that I socially media store. It is, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 he made uh, in his first comment. He said this decision had not been taken lightly. However, following months of soul searching and question on the club's direction, I have decided that the time was right to explore other opportunities within the football community and actually be able to put the relevant community-based plans into action for the benefit of the club I am involved in, which. Sounds like he had, uh, well, questions on the club's direction by the sounds of it. Maybe it's a question we can ask the chairman when we speak to him what, what yeah. that might have, what might have meant. I don't think Glenn's the only one. No, got questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say there seemed to be, uh, if there were audible chants coming from a, a limited crowd when we were winning, then yeah, that would suggest that there are other people who've got those those questions as well. But the um yeah, i don't really I, I mean i don't know we don't know what glenn contributed particularly internally at the club no. and i'm sh i'm sure he you know i'm sure his presence at matches was probably important for people around the club in that at many games he was the only director certainly at the weymouth match yeah. he was the only director there representing the club so i think you know credit where credit is due he has obviously represented the club in a very difficult time and probably been very uncomfortable at points um but you know i don't know if his takeover was ever going to happen or if there was ever anything going on but we're now with one person on a board again aren't we for the yeah. meantime yeah, and that's the, that's the other thing then. So, again, since we last spoke, Scott Priestnell has said and reiterated in his uh, statement from Sunday, yesterday, as you're listening to this maybe, that uh, he is putting a new board together. Um, and, and interestingly, in his statement on Sunday, he says, I, I, I dis he discussed with the group in, that he spoke to in the Alex Stock Lounge how I am putting a new board together, a board where I would not necessarily be chairman going into the next season, um, that the ownership structure of the club would change to create a more collective and shared thinking approach. Those discussions have included key supporters of the club and prominent business people who want to be involved in delivering a long-term plan for YTFC. There was a guy, what was the name of the guy who was quoted um, as the key supporter, Ben? Do you remember him? There was a key supporter's name, Jan, Ewan, Ewan. Pollock. Yeah, Ewan Pollock. No. 
Ian Perkins. The Glovers cast getting mentioned in official releases, boys. Again, twice. I don't know who the, I don't know who this Ian Perkins is, but he sounds like a right knobhead. <laughs> exactly, I wouldn't trust him. So, <laughs> are yeah. you? I are, are you one of the prominent local businessmen? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he um, thinks. But- now you're dragging in four figures on the website, mate. He hasn't said no, that, Dave. He hasn't said it. no. They must be coining it. He hasn't. He hasn't said no, has he? Wait a sec. Article. Yeah. Perkins There's... refuses to deny he is a prominent local <laughs> There business. you go. Yeah, yeah well. I mean, I wouldn't describe myself as prominent, and I wouldn't describe myself as a businessman. <laughs> well, a local person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you describe yourself as a key supporter of the club? <laughs> What's a supporter? supports he, the key he, he could have said no at any point couldn't he i i'm just i'm a simple <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> no i'm a simpleton i'm a simpleton who just likes to talk about yeovil town which started off with me talking about us playing football but over the last 18 months has progressed significantly into us talking about other things yeah. I blame Ben personally, but uh, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. it all changed yeah. when Ben got on board. I must say, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants true. to go after. He's the city editor. He just wants to go after these. It's a salacious chase the money stories. trail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but um, but yes. Yeah, so uh, Ben's desperate for us to start talking about football again. But um, absolutely, yeah. So I, I, also I, in the statement, but here we go. This is, your, this is your link. This is your link. Also in the statement on Sunday morning, um, the chairman said, uh, "I also confirmed to supporters I've been communicating with players and their representatives regarding player contract extension. I've also scheduled interviews with our shortlist for the first team manager position, as it is crucial to have the right person in place going into the." close season to fully maximize our player recruitment ben you're on good (laughs) (laughs) not on the pitch this is your point this is your point to discuss footballing matters that's a good thing so i'll tell you what then let's let's okay i have two crossover questions that will move us nicely from one to the other okay firstly ian did the shenanigans that surrounded the game on Saturday spoil in any way, shape or form the result and how you felt about the performance? No. Thank you very much. Okay. We only accept one word answers now. No, no. It was, you know, for for me personally, it was, you know, it's great for a win. Best of both worlds, wasn't it? We had a great win, great performance. Supporters went home, home happy. And people still had their say, you know, I, I was, I, Dave, I, you're probably too young as well. Uh, lots of people talk about the, um, the protests that took place in the nineties after we'd moved to Hewish. I think we had conversations with, um, Tim and Will about it, didn't we? we Back did, along yeah. last summer. Um, so I don't know. You know, there was, it was all taking place around the main entrance. There was, it wasn't a massive group. It was, there was a, a enough of people there to make a noise. And the, the banners were out, and people got to have their say. And I, I don't know. I think protest movements are hard, and sometimes you need one to just, no matter how small, just to get off the ground to start a bit of momentum 
Um, and I think, you know, no, I wouldn't have said any lines were crossed with what happened at the weekend. Everyone was peaceful. Everyone was respectful as you can be when you're shouting about wanting someone to leave the club. And yeah, I think, I don't know. Above all of this, there's a dialogue. A dialogue has started again. And I think that can only be positive. Hope that, so, mate. That, I hope so. That someone is that that Scott is talking. That Scott is coming to talk to us and is putting out statements like that. I feel that that can only be positive. Um, obviously, we've had these moments before where stuff has come out and hasn't necessarily happened that way. So, you know, as long as the conversations can continue to happen, then he could be held to account. I think the biggest frustration we had as a probably we had as a group, us three, was that we were asking questions, not getting answers. And what do you do when you don't have any engagement with someone? You, you just can't get an answer. And that, that sort of, that's what made us feel helpless, I thought. Whereas, you know, yeah. the lines of communications have reopened and that could only be a good thing. Yeah, we can't criticise him for not talking and then criticise him for talking. You can no. question what it is he's saying, whether you believe what he's saying. You could, you couldn't, you might, you might not. Um, but the fact that he is talking is definitely got to be a positive thing. And the statements, I'm relieved to say, are a lot shorter as well now, aren't they? It's uh, a lot less reading. So, um, yeah, that's good as well. Second crossover question. We talked about the um, contract um, uh, negotiations, which apparently have begun. Good news. And uh, Ian, you suggested earlier that Max Hunt joined your elite must stay list. I get a feeling that that elite must stay list is going to be similar for the three of us. But if I could wave a magic wand and you could make three happen tomorrow morning, who would your three be? Noles. Staunton Hunt. Okay. Dave, would you make any changes to that? Ditto. I'd go I'd go Knowles, Staunton, and Smith. And I'd make I mean Hunt would be fourth or fifth, probably, and Wakefield, I think, would be on that sort of key five as well. But yeah, Hunt. Only allowed three, Ben. You've set, know. The, you've, you've <laughs> yeah, set, you the, you've the, set the parameters. <laughs> I just, I was just telling you who was fourth and fifth. That's all. Um, but yeah, my three, my three. Are we allowed to? Are we allowed to have a fourth and fifth then Abs in our three? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Wakefield, Wakefield and Wilkinson. Okay. Very cool. Do you want a fourth and a fifth as well, Dave? Just Noyfield <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Dan Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Good choices. Good choices. Um, um, yeah, there you go. Who do you want as manager, Ben? I want... Kevin Gould's green and white army. Yeah, Kevin Gould threw his hat in the ring on Facebook today. That's fine. Yes, yeah, yeah. Put it in. That's done. Are yeah. we sure that was Gourley or could it have been Abby on the Facebook? <laughs> no, it was Gourley. Yeah. yeah, do it. Let's do it. Uh, he's, he's the only one to officially throw his hat in the ring isn't it um i want someone with a bit of football league experience that's what i want on uh, the pitch or off the pitch 
ideally both. Um, I'm not averse to an uh, to an to an inexperienced manager or a, a manager in a first job, but someone who's been around football league clubs for a while. Uh, I hear Charlton have got a really good assistant manager that could be of interest. <laughs> um, knows the area quite well. Um, so, yeah, that's one name. Um, I think I'd really like a a Scott based in Bristol who has appeared on a episode of The Glover's Past. Did he win a, a Wembley final at one point as well? I like, think Scott, I Scott's not coming till Thursday, mate. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in, all, in, in all seriousness, I, 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 you know, I agree. I thought, I, I, I think we need, we need someone with experience. I'm, I'm prepared to overlook a little bit of experience if there's some experience to help. And something I mentioned to Dave actually while you were faffing around with your technological hiccups pre-recording, I, I, I've mentioned this name a few times before. But if you had Jamie McAllister, for example who is a Scot based in Bristol, who did win a Wembley final as a captain once. Um, and you stuck with him. And the name, I've, the name I've used a couple of times is Nigel Adkins. Even if it was a director of football-y, part-timey role, been there, done that, consultancy type thing, I'd be more than happy with that. Because I think that that's someone who's been there, done it time and time again, comes in, commands respect, things like that. So, um, yeah, if you're going to go down the inexperienced route, then, then I would want someone alongside who can add that. I just wouldn't want to chuck Charlie Lee in and just give it to him. I wouldn't want to just chuck in someone who's been at non-league for forever in a day. Yeah. I, yeah. Needs to be the I right think, combo. I think as well from a, um, from the standpoint of the chairman, I think if he was to employ someone who fans could absolutely get behind that is going to work better than you know a name that people haven't heard of um or a name you know that's not particularly associated with Oval Town as 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 you know as you know um disappointing as that might be for any prospective candidates if it's not someone who is associated with Oval Town I feel that there might be a perception that this is Scott's man rather than this is the right person for the club. This is Scott's man rather than a Scotsman. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> There's your title. Um, <laughs> now I've already got that down. It's some poo powsery on the go. <laughs> um, and I, I know what you mean, but I also think it takes a certain person to be a Yeovil Town manager. Yeah. It didn't quite work with. You don't Starrett. have to be crazy to work here, but you helps <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm gonna go on mute. <laughs> so yeah, I, it, you can't just pluck anybody out of thin air and stick them in your. You just it just wouldn't work. So Neil Marman uh, didn't work. No, <laughs> he definitely got plucked out of a cloud somewhere. though, didn't he? Yeah. That guy. Jesus, Jesus. Good yeah. luck if you can get it. Other names that uh, Ben and I were discussing whilst you were faffing with your technology, Paul Tisdale. Yeah. Local-ish. Or, um, yeah, from the, um, Ben Strevens, who was at Eastley. Eastley, yeah. Yeah. And one name that seems to be doing the rounds, but no one could quite figure out why, Chris Hargreaves, who, if anybody watches 
BT Sport appears on there quite a bit. Managed Torquay in the 15, 16, 17, that kind of season. I thought you were going to say the 1500s. The 1500s, yeah. 1700s. I was was a bit too young for that. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, I've not seen, I've not really heard of Chris Hargreaves. I was messaged by someone the other day. You mentioned that name to me, but I don't know. I don't know. The proof will be in the pudding. As long as it's it's not Ian Holloway, we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, or Phil Brown. Or Phil Brown. Yeah, I don't want Mark Cooper either. Oh God, yeah. Um, Phil Brown. Thought, yeah, I don't. Uh, Wesley. Nah, no chance. No. Um, yeah, there's there's a few horror shows it could be. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few there's a few horror shows. Sol Campbell might rock up. Harry Kuehl might rock up. God no, Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl with please. Hugo Rodriguez as assistant. Yeah. <laughs> Can we rule? Can we uh, rule out a return of Gary Johnson? No. The third coming. I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't think you can. As ridiculous as that sounds, I don't think you can because well, Gary Johnson will return, won't he? For they, to manage yeah. the Legends game, so we really? can rule it in. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> they'll be they'll, they'll be disappointed with sixty points and mid table, as, as much as we're disappointed with our position and. If Torquay decide to bring the changes at the end of the season, well, I think if you look at where they are now and where they were, you know, the beginning of the season, they were at a horror start, didn't they, Torquay? Yeah. And I think they've ended up, yeah, you know, they've ended they, up doing quite well. Yeah, because they lost so many players, didn't they? Because they missing out on promotion to Hartlepool, they missed so lost so many players. He's um, yeah, knows this level when. We know what happens when Gary Johnson gets momentum and a team going. If they finish the season strongly, you can, uh, watch and out. they keep hold of their players, watch out next season. Yeah. Do we do GCQs? Is there any more for any more that we need to? When 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 are we when are we doing the gloveys? Oh, when are we doing the gloveys? I've lost track. My my brain is mush at the moment, mate. From the last seventy two hours, so. Glovies was teased on Friday, right? Yeah, we announced the announcement um, <laughs> and said that we would we would reveal the nominees and put the um, what well, they're going live today. They are. I better do as, that, or you as, can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have got four categories for the second ever inaugural Glovies that you, Glovers Cast listener, are going to be voting on, same as last year. Um, we've got player of the season, young player of the season, goal of the season, and moment of the season. We're going to go through some of the nominations now, um, and we're going to start with uh, goal of the season because there's a few terms and conditions that applies to the goal of the season award ceremony. Um, basically, we've decided that Tom Knowles and Charlie Wakefield can only have one each, one nomination each, because otherwise it's just not fair. So the five goals, uh, Dave. Do you want to do the five goals of the season that we've uh, narrowed it down to? You can you can view all of these. By the way, we've put them. We're going to put them all on the article so you can yep. choose. But please yep. bear in mind, we, could, we only decided we could choose one Tom Knowles and one Charlie Wakefield each. There's only one. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first goal is the first goal, which was Joe Quigley versus Kingsland Town. Anyone want to do the like 
top of the pops music carry on um or joss staunton away at wrexham great finish. great goal great finish yeah uh jordan barnett at home to torquay united also very good top bins uh tom knowles he had to get in there somewhere against eastley and finally uh charlie wakefield with a beautiful curling shot away at kingsland just a couple of weeks ago so those are your five joe quigley against kingsland josh staunton at wrexham jordan barn against torquay tom knowles against eastley and charlie wakefield at kingsland there we go so you will That's get a chance to vote you can view them all on the website and when we uh, talk about the awards on the Friday 6th of May episode, we might mention one or two of the other goals there are, because we may not have scored that many, but we've scored some worldies. Um, the second... Yeah, uh, we just kept listing them, didn't we? We were like, no. oh, that was a good goal. Oh, that was a good goal. Oh, yeah, that was a good goal. Lots so, of them were Tom Noses. But, yes. Um... <laughs> yeah. A couple of very good goals. Um, Dale Gorman against Dover didn't make the didn't make the final cut, things like that. So there were some... Uh, Good goals that didn't make the cut. Um, I did mm. offer, I did say that if anyone else wanted to get involved, they had to score a worldie against Stockport and not quite made the list. Not quite. Um, good, moment. mom- good moments, though. Good actually. moments. Which ben, now, we're... <laughs> now we're moving <laughs> now on we're to talking moments. About moments. Yes. Uh, Ian, you can, uh, you can announce these nominees for moment of the season. Okay, I will. Uh, so the moments of the season. Uh, Charlie Wakefield's goal versus Stevenage, which put us through to the third round of the FA Cup for the first time in a few years. Uh, Lawson Diath's first goal after injury. Um, the moment against... You're going to have to remind me who that game was against everyone. Uh, <laughs> it was that good of a moment, we don't know. Um, <laughs> this one, uh, Deb Curtis's children, cover your ears. Uh, Grant Smith shagger hips after Weymouth uh, for Ben Barrett's commentary alone. Wrexham away is in for moment of the season. And Josh Neufield's first goal in front of supporters at Hewish Park on Saturday as the final nominee for moment of the season. Can I just let you into a little secret? That's not what it says. He's, <laughs> he's edited that live. He is changing. He's made an executive decision to make that change live. That was just Josh Neufeld returns. Do you disagree with the change? You've broken rank, Perkins. I apologize. He's the boss. He's the prominent <laughs> supporter. <laughs> Remember, his prominence gives him this 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 role. Absolutely do you, does. Do you disagree? I, I was I, there, man. You weren't there, man. <laughs> you weren't there. <laughs> ben, we've always got Staunton's goal of Wrexham. Yeah, exactly. exactly. We've got that. Yes, you do. You we've do. got that. Can you do it on a cold Tuesday night in Wrexham? Um, it was cold. By the way, Lawson's goal was the first one in the 2-1 winner home to Bromley. There you go. 22nd of March. What a moment. Um, young player of the season. We set the age limit at 23, which encompasses quite a lot of our squad. If truth be told, <laughs> young player of the season, we have got the following five nominees. Thomas Knowles, hashtag don't fall in love with footballers. Max Maximilian Hunt, I presume, is another nominee. Morgan Williams and his dog are a nominee. Daniel Moss, who uh, gets in as the uh, sort of the only one that's had a short term spell with us. And uh, Sunny Blue Low Everton, the five nominees for young player of the season this season year which only leaves us with player of the season overall which obviously includes the uh entire 
uh, squad. Um, last season, Tom Knowles cleaned up in our end of season awards. I'm just gonna just gonna grab the results from last year. And that's not what I was looking for. Okay, that's not that. <laughs> um, I'm not going to grab the results from last year. You can find them yourself. Uh, player of the season. Who wants to do these? Ian? Player of the season nominees are... Tom Knowles, Josh Staunton, Charlie Wakefield, Morgan Williams, and Grant Smith. There you go. So you can vote on the Glover's Cast website. We will share them on all the social medias. Dave is going to do a whole bunch of tweets and things and sort everything out on the social media so you'll be able to find them. You have until Thursday, the 5th of May, when we will record. So about 8 o'clock probably on Thursday, the 5th of May, for your votes to be cast. Winners will be announced on Friday, the 6th of May's episode of the Glovers cast. And we'll ask Scott for his as well. He can have his, he can, he can have his nominations on he can make his votes on Thursday as well, so we'll get some Are thoughts. We, we can do some silly ones like we did last year. Yeah. Oh yeah, well. yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna get in touch, um, Glover's Sher- cast. Sheridan, Sheridan suggested one on oh. Saturday, which I'm gonna keep under wraps until okay. we record it. Well, if you want to give us a silly nomination, a silly category, you're more than welcome to do so. Last year, we had the Mark Bircham Award for Injured Player of the Season, things like that. So uh, you can email us, gloverscast at gmail.com, when you find us in all the usual places. But uh, the Glovies are back. The nominations are out. We need your votes. Vote now. Go, go. Vote. Go. Vote now. And if someone wants to create a jingle for the Glovies that can last forever, that we can incorporate into next season's glovies or this season's glovies please just do one and send it and we know that the players listen so we need your votes as well and your retweets and your support who's getting player of the season who do you think's got players player of the season at the end of season awards who do you think they vote of within within the group i reckon it i, I reckon they go for lawson they, they, no, they all like nice. lawson I think nice. I think for everything he's been through, I think they give it to him. Sentimental. It's a popularity contest, isn't it? The players player. Yeah. Who gets who gets clubman and most improved? A couple of awards that we discussed <laughs> yeah. last week. <laughs> well, can can, can I improved. yeah Ruben uh, Reed. <laughs> great shout. Yeah. yeah. Um great shout. The uh who's gonna get the best player as viewed by a little camera? Who would do that? Oh, well, that's fine. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll ask. We will ask. Yeah. Who, Who's the uh, best camera you've seen? Who's the best player you've seen through your little camera? There you go. So, for... You can ask that question, Dave. Yeah, yeah. you can Move it on, move it on. Yeah. There you go. Go vote. Glovies are now live. GCQs? GCQs. GCQ. Have you got, you got them? them, Dave? I've got them. I've got I've them. Got, you go from. You go from. I haven't got them. Okay. I will start from the bottom. Debs Curtis, Cadbury or Galaxy? I'm still trying to make sense of all the other going-ons, to be honest with you. I don't think that's even a question, if you ask me. Cadbury, yeah. Yeah, Cadbury, every time. But ideally, I'm I'm assuming she she means dairy milk or Galaxy, rather than Cadbury. Galaxy's made by Mars, isn't it, I think? Mars? Is it Mars? out of this world um yes I've, I've no idea but yes dairy milk cadbury they make the best ideally whole nut okay definitely not um ian Watmore, 
he's self-isolating with COVID. Get well soon, Ian. What is the best YTFC match to watch to lift his spirits? Forest. I'm going to say the Forest semi-final. And I I do that whilst listening to the Glover's Pass with Lee Morris. Yeah, Yeah. Ian, let us know if you've listened to the Glover's Pass one uh, and then go and watch the highlights of that game or the full match. Probably the the full match. The whole thing. Yeah. Uh, this one's for you too, really, from Mike Hudson. As two thirds of you guys are exiles, do you wish you had a little camera too? I take it he means at the ground, <laughs> as opposed to just generally speaking. But yeah, well, I've already asked Ben how we're going to hack into it, and he suggested Jason Bourne. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> that would um, yeah, I, I, I would like a little camera to watch games as well. Yeah. It says, save me trailing five hours there and five hours back to watch bloody 2-0 against Oldershot and 0-0 against Weymouth. Not that I'm still bitter, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I'd love, it. It I'd quite, love it. You've, you've had it quite good at away games, Dave, don't moan. I have, yeah. But don't be yeah. bringing any of that bad luck with you on Saturday. I know, yeah. Not I'll try not to. I'll try not to. I've done well so far this season. Yeah, it's only well, there, and it's only when I was with Ian at Bournemouth Wood that wow. um, that we lost. So we'll, uh, we'll 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 me and you will take care of it on Saturday. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think you'll find I took. I think you'll find I took care of it on Saturday. Just gone actually, lads. About time. <laughs> About time. Pulled um, your finger out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Colin Yorkshire Glover, have your questions for the interview with Scott changed in light of the revelation that he will may no longer be the chairman of YTFC. Yeah. I, I imagine I, it'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think whilst we are interviewing him and he is still the chairman, we will um, interview him as the chairman of YTFC. And I think even if he's not the chairman, there's a good chance he's still going to be the owner, isn't he? So same rules apply, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. But probably altered the questions that we were thinking about slightly because some of them, some of the questions we asked in that open letter have begun to be answered, haven't they? So, which is yeah. good. Very good. Um, Adam Skinner, the relationship between owner and fans is now completely dead and has turned toxic. Is there any way back for SP or will it remain this way until he eventually leaves? The situation reminds me a bit of Ron Martin at Southend United, who, as anyone will remember earlier on in the season when Southend were doing particularly poorly, was, um, what's the word? Well, he went to talk to supporters on a terrace at a summer away game. I'm not sure where it was and literally got shouted down, didn't he? I don't think he might have just been there on a wind up because he didn't seem to say anything, just seemed to stand there and let them abuse him and then walked off looking like, he was really sad so uh, but he's got that same kind of feeling about you know Ron Martin then stepped back a CEO was put in place and um, Stan Collymore appeared didn't he at Southend and uh, yeah. yeah and uh, and and things well obviously things have improved on the pitch for them which always helps but the anti-Ron Martin um, protests and so forth have um, have disappeared so if Scott Priestnell were to put something in place like that, then maybe he would, maybe that's how he'll take himself out the firing line. And maybe that is an opportunity to rebuild relations. I think we've said that 
him just speaking is, is a step in the right direction. But the most important things is uh, actions, not words. And the words are great, but you've got to back them up with the actions. So. And I think yeah. I think the idea that it can be reconciled has to start with him. There's no point in him saying, oh, we're going to need 3,000 people next season in the ground. Great, you're probably right, but how are we going to do it? What are you going to give us? What's the season ticket going to look like? All these questions. Where's the squad coming from? Who's the manager? Blah, blah, blah. So if he makes the first step and they are positive first steps, other steps will be back reciprocated the other way, and that's how you rebuild that one. So... It's it's plausible. It's going to take some work. Yeah, I think there's a very long, long way mm. to go for a lot of people um, to to get on board. I think when you know was his words were that he was became disengaged, and for certain people, I would say that you know that's probably unforgivable. To be, as an owner to become disengaged of a community football club that has got 125 years of history like you you know it's not a good thing so you know that's a big it, and if you can become disengaged how well can you become re-engaged that that's what he's gonna have to prove so but we we can go for all this can't we um okay chris fox <laughs> After Scott invited fans to his little chat on Saturday, will you now invite fans to your chat with him on Thursday? Um, I think it's safe to say we will not be doing that, Foxy. Thanks for putting us on the spot, but I don't think that's particularly fair and not what we have agreed um, to do. But I think hopefully the listeners of this podcast will trust the three of us enough to ask the right questions and do the right thing. I think one thing that we will ask and recommend to the chairman is that lines of communication need to be open. He has said in the statement that he put out on Sunday that he's going to talk to people, even the Glover's Trust. Blimey, if he's talking to them, he was willing to talk to anyone. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, 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 um, it, that, that is a good thing. And he's done it before. You know, he's had um facebook i think it was he had a facebook live didn't he at one point so yeah we'll, we'll we'll recommend to him that he's got the opportunity but ultimately as we've said it's down to him he owns 92 percent of the football club he is in charge of what he does um we can but we can but suggest but we will do that thing uh Dalton gibson asks why does norman get a free pass for selling to sp he could have done the right thing <laughs> is yeah. it because it's so far in history now there's not a lot anyone can do about it i mean when you talk about you you've talked about the the south end model with ron martin is that a little bit like the norman hayward model as well what with he john was... fry being the front man yeah 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 not yeah. similar from that. Um, yeah, I think there's, you know, if if a, I feel like Norman was famously difficult to ever get on the record at any point through his time at the club. And I think you'd struggle to get him on the record now to talk about how things were. Um, we can only guess, can't we, at that point. But 
there's a company that keeps ticking over on Company's House, a Hewish Park Stadium Partnership Limited, and uh, Mr. Fry was, pre- yeah, Mr. Fry was present on Saturday. Um, drove through the the crowd outside the main entrance with his window down and had a few things to say and had a few things said at him as well. It must be said. Take it, Norman Hayward wasn't there, no. I didn't see him. No, no. But I, I mean, I don't think if you look at any history, like you say, John Fry was the front man. He was the person who was there. It was always Fry out. It wasn't Hayward out, was it? Mm. But I think anybody who knows knows that um, you know Norman Hayward was the owner of the football club, and he was the one who, well, he and John Fry separated the assets of the business into two companies, and that. Ultimately, is a decision that's got a lot of a lot to do with where we are. Yeah, if only people had said something at the time. Oh wait, or someone. Yeah, yeah. Or if only people listened to people saying things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh dear. Um. Now I thought there was another question, but I can't see it. It may not have been given the hashtag, but it was one that I quite liked about um a song. What is the best little camera-related chant you could collectively come up with from Archie Morris? And I've come up with um, the the Gloria Gaynor, Charlie Wakefield song. Um, Ooh, Scotty, do you know what it's worth? Nikon cameras are the best on earth. (laughs) You can swap that with Canon if you're a Canon person. Obviously, there's a famous rivalry between Nikon and Canon, but... There you go. That's there's my suggestion. You got any? Um, no. T- uh, Glove actually replied for one. Uh, Chim Chimney, Chim Chimney, Chim Chim Drew. Scott's got a camera to spy on you. That was that was a good one. What about, I, I mean, I can't what about instead of we can see you sneaking out, we can see you zooming in. <laughs> yes. Now there's a title. We can see you zooming in. <laughs> Boom. Uh, I think that's a place to leave it. Um, I'm sure it'll be a quiet few we days. We can see you. We can... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll be a quiet few days. So between now and then, see you on Thursday, lads. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 